Well, the Man They Remember podcast is a little over a year old now, and I thought that was a good time to stop and refresh our memory on what it means to be a man, at least what it means for us. So in this episode, I'm going to give you our definition for masculinity and remind you of the seven core virtues. But then after that, I'm going to do something a little different. We've talked in the past about the importance of telling stories, so I wanted to do just that, tell you a story from my own life. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the Man They Remember podcast, where we're encouraging men to be the kind of man people will remember when we're gone. We're tearing down the Macho Man stereotype one episode at a time. Go to mantheyremember.com for more information. Well, hello there, men. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Man They Remember podcast, where we're encouraging men to be the kind of man people will remember when you're gone. We're tearing down the Macho Man stereotype one episode at a time. And what, what I mean by that when I say that, I'm, I'm not saying that there's a problem with being a macho man. You know, there's a lot of good things about, about some of those, those macho man uh, characteristics that, that, we, that we find ourselves drawn to. And, and those are good. But, but the problem is those aren't the definition of masculinity, but that's what has happened. We have, we've decided to define masculinity as as being you know you're a real man you're only a real man you're only a real man if you you know if you like working on cars you're only a real man if you if you like hunting if you like going out and you know you know killing your own dinner you know and grilling it and all that stuff that's what a real man does you're, you're only a real man if you if you can live outside for x number of days without any kind of preparation and we, we limit our, our def- definition and understanding of, of what it means to be a man to the things we do. And again, there's nothing wrong with those things. Those are great things. Lots of really good things in there. It may not be your cup of tea, but, but they're good things. Our point, my point when we say that is, is that we want to define masculinity by character. We want, we want masculinity to, to be defined by the virtue of a man, the, the character of a man. And, and we'll say that, that masculinity, manhood, you've become a man when you can control vice or you can, you can control your desires, when you can control those things with virtue. That's what a real man is. A, a real man is somebody who's, who's become virtuous enough, who's become, you know, has, has a strong enough character that, that he's able to control his desires or his appetites right whether it's an, whether it's a, a physical hunger that's one one I struggle with because I love food particularly I love sweets particularly I love chocolate chip cookies which my wife made for me so lovingly last night I also love apple pie and ice cream all of those things so good really good and I love potato chips basically all the food that's bad for you I like I'm learning. I've learned over recent years to eat more healthy foods. I might even be starting to enjoy some of them, but still, some of them just feel like work, like like salad and kale. I don't know if I'll ever. I don't know if I'll ever understand kale. 
But with the help of my lovely, amazing, wonderful wife, you know, we've been on this journey for, for several years to become more healthy people. I have to confess, at this moment, I'm not on that journey. <laughs> now, now, I'm not like jumping whole hog back into kinds, all kinds of crazy, you know, eating patterns. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not eating out like, you know, every day or a couple times a day. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not just, you know, cramming junk food down my gullet at all times. But we're not, I'm not really motivated at the moment to really be working on this, this healthy lifestyle. But one thing that I've learned about this healthy healthy lifestyle is it it it's, it takes work and the hardest work is learning to control your appetite. That's one of the reasons I fast and I've done fasts over the years is because if you never if you never withhold food from yourself, it's harder to say no to the temptation of food or the desire of food. But we've been doing this thing my my wife and I we've been calling it a lifestyle change. You know, we're trying to settle in for the long haul. And and we started off pretty good, you know, the first six months, the first year, like all of last year went really well. But I've learned that it's way more fun to gain weight than it is to lose it. Like it's it's a lot more enjoyable to to gain weight than to do the work that you have to do to lose it. You know, regardless of 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 how much work it is, you know, we've been doing things like eating more salad. It's something I never did because. Why would you eat salad when you could have pie? Right? I mean, like if you have the choice between between eating salad and pie, who's not going to choose pie? I'm going to choose pie all the time. And like I said, I still don't particularly enjoy salad, but I've I've started to get used to the idea. And I've and if you put enough dressing on kale, if like you really lather it on, you still really can't hide the taste of kale. We've got this. We've got this weed in our garden. I don't. I don't know what it's called, um, but it's. It's actually. It's. It's called a superfood. It's like kale. That's why. Why we eat kale is because it's supposedly a. a supposedly a superfood. It's just loaded with all these kind of nutrients, and um, and there's this weed in our garden, and it's also considered a superfood. And I've pulled it up and I've eaten it, and it actually it, it tastes a lot better than kale. So I don't know why we're not pulling up this weed and putting it in salad instead of eating kale all the time. Anyway, you know, we've tried to do things like walking more, which is much easier when it's not raining and cold. And we've had you know the longest coldest spring slash winter. You know, it's May and it still feels like winter here in the Pacific Northwest. But, you know, we're trying to get better, you know, being more physically active. I did a little bit of, I did some core exercises this morning to help my back. But one of the things I want to say is that somebody needs to set a more reasonable step goal. Like this bar of 10,000 steps, it's just way too high. I mean, who, who, who walks 10,000 steps in a normal day unless your job is actually walking all over the place somewhere? Right, not very many people who are working normal kind of office jobs like I do are able to hit ten thousand steps. And and even if you go on a walk for like three miles, it's still hard to hit ten thousand steps. So could we just change the goal to three thousand, back it off to a more normal goal? Like you know, make it a game. Yeah, let's make it a game. You know, three thousand, three thousand, three thousand. Nothing happens. Five thousand. You you get you get like half a cookie. And if you get 10,000, you get a slice of pie. I'm all for that. Uh, that. That sounds brilliant to me. 
We've been eating healthy though and walking more and now looking forward to some warmer weather so we can start walking a little bit more. And that's all we've done. Like we're not getting super crazy about it because, you know, we want to be healthy. We don't want to go insane. <laughs> but we, we want to, we want to start controlling our appetites. And when you eat healthy, you have to give up certain foods, right? Or at least you have to give up eating certain foods in abundance. We have, to, we have to learn to control our appetites because, let's be honest, if there were no limits on bacon, we'd always eat bacon, which is essentially what we've done. It's not just bacon, but you know, we love bacon. Like, Do you ever even get a hamburger that doesn't have bacon on it anymore? It used to be a luxury, something you had to pay for, but now we think it's a human right. It's an injustice when someone doesn't give us something with bacon on it. We've learned through our experience now as humans that, that we can wrap nearly anything in bacon. You can wrap chicken in bacon, steak wrapped in bacon, kosher hot dogs wrapped in bacon. We've added bacon to salads, which, if you think about it, kind of defeats the purpose. But why do we do this? Because, because we love bacon. Wendy's has the Baconator sandwich. You can get bacon in your breakfast burrito, Taco Bell. McDonald's is even giving out free bacon from time to time. We love bacon. Is there anyone that really doesn't like bacon? If you don't like bacon, you know, my, my wife and I have, have a debate because she likes turkey bacon. I don't, I don't think that's bacon. It's turkey. It tastes like Thanksgiving. I want bacon that tastes like bacon. We love bacon. We love meat. We love foods. Maybe you don't love meat. If you're, if you're a guy that doesn't love meat, that's perfectly okay. There's no rule that says you have to, have to like a big juicy steak if you're going to be a man. That's what we would say. That's a stereotype, but there is no rule. But no, no, matter, no matter what preferences we have, if we, if we love bacon or if we love kale, we, we still have to learn to control our appetites. And, and sometimes our appetites are for other things like, like alcohol or, or entertainment. Or a lot of guys today struggling with, with pornography. And we have these appetites. And, and we have to, if we're going to be real men, you know, what we would call the virtuous man, we have to learn to control our, those appetites with virtue. And that's, so that's why we've talked about these seven virtues over the, over the last year or so. Do you remember them? They all start with H's. The first two are pretty popular, humble and hungry. If you're gonna if you're gonna learn anything as a man, you have to be humble. You have to be teachable. You can't be so full of yourself that you can't receive the instruction of another man who's further along than you. We have to be we have to be humble so that we can grow as men. We have to be hungry. You have to you have to have a desire to become a better man. You you have to want it, right? And we've said I can't want it bad enough for you. Whatever whatever it is that you're struggling with that you want to improve, I can't want it bad enough for you. You have to want it for yourself. We've talked about being honorable. That's the third one that starts with an H, being men of honor. And that means it's, got, it's a really dense word, and you can go back and listen to the podcast where we covered it in detail. But one of the things that, that we talk about with being honorable is a man who keeps his word. You know, when you, when you make a commitment, do you keep it? Honest. And by honest, we don't just mean someone who tells the truth, but that is important to tell the truth. Be someone who tells the truth. But but are you are you honest? Are are you an honest man? Are are you true? Like are you are you true inside and out? Are you are do your motivations match your actions? 
Do your deep desires match how you live your life? And if not, then, then we need to change that because we can't just put on the act of being a man. We have to actually be, be a man inside and out. We think a real man is helpful. A real man gets involved when there's a need. A real man helps out his neighbors. A real man helps out his family and his kids, helps out his church and his community in different ways. A real man helps. He serves. This one is definitely not a part of the trendy current definition of of masculinity, but hopeful. We believe a real man is hopeful, that, that, that we need men who are leading by example who have hope, not pessimism and negativity, not someone who's out there tearing down everything all the time. And you hear a lot of this from men. Right, if you, if you get together with men and you start talking, it's probably going to come up where you're, where you're trash talking someone or something. And it's not gossip usually with men. It's it's you know we're 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 slamming we're slamming Tom Brady. You know we're 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 tearing down the president or the former president. We're tearing down the governor or or this leader. You know we're we're just we're tearing down football players and and whatnot. We're negative. We're pessimistic. We're talking about the end. The you know the end is near. And all of these pessimistic things. But but a real man looks at the world and sees hope. Yeah, there's a lot of problems in the world, but there, that also means there's a lot of opportunity in the world for people with hope to step up and rise up and shine and make a difference in the world. So real men are men who have hope. And the seventh word, the seventh H word is ham. Real men are committed, and that comes from that popular slightly cheesy old sermon illustration that you know the difference between between the chicken and the pig when it comes to breakfast the chicken the chicken makes an offering but for for the pig it's a sacrifice the pig is committed he has to commit to the breakfast if he's going to offer something to the breakfast right so so it's it's a total sacrificial commitment for the pig and that's what we we want to exemplify as men so so that's a that's a just kind of a brief summary we're a little over a year old now as a podcast so I thought I thought it would be be fun or or helpful to just go back over and review some of those virtues remind you what our definition of masculinity is but another thing that we've talked about is is how important stories are and so I'm just going to I'm going to share with you a short story it's a true story it's a story from my life um about you know something that happened to me growing up, I'm not going to I'm not going to then you know get all long winded and and try to draw like a whole bunch of points. I'm going to let you draw your own conclusions from the story. But there is something that we can all learn from a story. And what I encourage you to do when you listen to this story, if it sparks a memory for you, take some time and take that memory whatever that memory it is and 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 write it out maybe you're not a writer that's okay but you know just kind of make some bullet points and and do your best to remember remember the events of that story so that you can tell it sometime and tell it to another man or tell it to one of your kids or tell it to your wife or you know just tell it and then let that story you know we tend to tell stories when we get together with other guys well, work on a story and just tell that story and then just let that story speak for itself. So here's a story I want to share with you today. When I was in middle school, my dad took me to a theme park a couple of hours from where I grew up. It's a place called King's Island. Now, I'd never been to a theme park. 
I had ridden rides at the Jackson County Apple Festival, which happened every year in our town during the third week of September. But the biggest ride they had was the zipper. You ever ridden the zipper? All I remember about the zipper is standing in line and feeling what I thought was rain hitting my arms on a perfectly sunny day. Turns out, though, it wasn't rain. It was someone on the ride losing their pizza rolls. Well, our school would actually give us Wednesdays off during the week of the Apple Festival so we could go and ride the rides. And we didn't have a lot of money growing up, so if I was going to be able to get the ride bracelet at any point during the Apple Festival, which was about five bucks at that time, you know, I would I would have to do it on that day when they had a reduced student price. And then I would have to I would have to stretch the money my mom would give me so that I could get the ride bracelet and then and then not have to spend a lot of money on food. Have you been to have you been to a fair today? We have we have a big fair here in Clark County where where our church is and where I live. Can you believe how expensive it is to get a ride bracelet a ride bracelet at the county fair these days? It was like 40 bucks per kid the last time we were at the fair. And that was before COVID and the great inflation like we're experiencing right now. So it's probably like a thousand bucks per kid this year. It's insane. Now the Clark County is cool and all, but but it's not like it's not like they're bringing in the Millennium Force from Cedar Point or Splash Mountain from Disneyland. It's a carousel with a horse that goes up and down slowly in a circle. It's bumper cars, and it's a stinking Ferris wheel. And you don't even get to ride the big, cool Ferris wheel with the bracelet. You have to pay extra to ride the big, cool Ferris wheel. Like, the whole thing is just a scam. Soon they're not even going to ask you for money if you want to go ride. You'll just hand over the keys to your car when you enter into the county fair. Anyway, so I was I was going to uh, I was going to ride the rides at the Apple Festival. I had the ride bracelet, but if I was going to do that, I had to find the cheapest food at the Apple Festival. So so I never got the cool food that everyone else got, like the fries that came in a bucket. Did you ever have those? Like a big bucket of fries? Never got those or an elephant ear. I was an adult when I had an elephant ear for the first time because they were too expensive. I couldn't go to any of the food trucks. But there were some local groups that had booths at the Apple Festival, like the Rotary and the Lions, and they had cheaper food. And, and I could get a basket of deep-fried pizza rolls for buck fifty. So that's what I did. And apparently that's what the lady on the zipper did too. But if you've never had deep-fried pizza rolls, pizza rolls, you're missing out. Like, they're good in the oven, but they're, it's a whole different level when they're deep-fried. Anyway, the point of the zipper is just to completely disorient your senses until you throw up. I'm pretty sure that's the whole reason they designed it. Like the designer of the ride asked, what's the most efficient way we can get someone to toss their pizza rolls at the Apple Festival? Hey, I've got it. The zipper. Now, I know inspiration strikes in weird places, but how did someone actually get inspired to create a carnival ride called the zipper? Where did that inspiration come from? Like they're zipping up their pants, zipping up their fly, and and like it got stuck. (laughs) And while they're trying to get it unstuck, they fell forward and did a somersault and they get up off the ground. I've got it. The zipper. 
that or the person survived a car wreck where their car tumbled down a cliff and afterward they decided they needed to try to recreate that experience for, for others. I don't know where the inspiration came from. But if you're not familiar with the ride, what they do is they lock you into this big metal cage. And that should be the biggest clue that what you're about to experience is going to be a big problem. Yes, you have to wear a seatbelt, but it seems as though they weren't entirely sure that the seatbelt would work out, so they decided to put you inside a cage, you know, just to be safe. Now, there are two things that make this ride unique. The cage spins, but it doesn't spin horizontally like the teacups at Disneyland. It spins vertically like a yo-yo. And there's a bar inside the cage that the riders can use to lock the car in place. If you choose to do so, you could just ride the ride up and down like a vertical Ferris wheel. But if you're in the car with some punk kid, you're going to have no such luck. They know how the bar works. So you can spin it, you can get upside down, and then lock it as you go over the top of the zipper and then be right side up when you should be upside down. Then you let it go and be upside down again when you should be right side up. Eventually, you lose all sense of direction and all your senses have to go by is gravity which doesn't work out so well for some people. So that was the worst ride that I had been on up to that point where dad took me to Kings Island. Now, growing up near Kings Island, I knew why people went to Kings Island. One of the kids on our, on our street actually had season passes, and he talked about the roller coasters. There was the Beast, an old wooden roller coaster, I know some people like wooden roller coasters. I do not enjoy wooden roller coasters. Like It beats your neck and your back to death. There's the Vortex, the King Cobra, Mystic Timbers, and more. You see, I'd never been on anything like that, and I'm pretty sure my dad hadn't either. So we go to Kings Island, and we're kind of going around looking at the park, and we'd ridden some of, the, some of the smaller rides, like the bumper cars. We'd gone up in the Eiffel Tower. We'd ridden the carousel. We'd ridden you know, on the railroad, the actual train that goes around the park, and we rode those antique cars that you get to drive, but not really because it's got the thing in the middle that keeps you from really going off the road. Well, after mastering the railroad, my dad suggested another ride called the Adventure Express. And we'd walked by it, we'd seen pictures that made it look like another train ride, and heard the sounds of, of recorded steam whistles, and we thought, well, it must be another train ride. We liked the last one, so let's go give this one a whirl. We get on the ride, and my first clue that something was wrong was that they made us put on a seatbelt and then lowered a bar down into our laps. You didn't have to do that on the train, you just sat down on the bench. And I mean, the thing was only going like five miles an hour. So, so why would you need a seatbelt and a lap bar? We get all strapped in and the ride leaves the station. Now, as roller coasters go, this is a pretty tame ride. There aren't any loops or anything. But as trains go, it's not quite tame. You go out of the station, through the forest, and things are pretty calm. But then you start going down hills and racing around the winding corners and going up over hills that make you feel like you're going to fly out of the car into the oak trees. Halfway through the ride, you go up a bigger hill. You start climbing and it starts making that sound, right? Tick, 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 tick. And then you come down a lot faster than five miles an hour, I can tell you. Winding around more corners, going through tunnels, dark tunnels, and doing a lot of things that just real trains don't do. 
I looked at my dad after we got off the ride and I asked, did you know that was a roller coaster? He was looking at me with the same look. Neither of us had any idea. It looked like a train. It sounded like a train. It was called the Adventure Express, which is a good name for a train. Based on all the information we had, we thought we knew what the ride would entail, but it wasn't a train at all. Both of our assumptions were completely wrong. All right, that's my story for today. Let you kind of sit with that and think about that. Maybe there's a life lesson you can learn in there. There's a life lesson for me in that story, but I'm not going to I'm not going to force my life lesson on you. If you if you get a lesson out of that, you'd like to share it with me, get in touch with us by going to mantheyremember.com, facebook.com slash mantheyremember. We love it when you tell people about the podcast. If you tell your friends about it, uh, we really appreciate it. Get a few guys together, listen to it, and then talk about what you learned afterwards and, and about becoming a better man. And then uh, stay tuned. Be back next week for an all-new episode. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to the Man They Remember podcast. You can find us online at www.mantheyremember.com, facebook.com slash mantheyremember, and instagram.com slash mantheyremember. Thanks for leaving a review and your rating on Apple Podcasts. And most importantly, thanks for sharing this podcast with your friends.